1: This is Reset. I'm Justin Kaufman. Earlier today, the Chicago Humanities Festival continued virtual programming with another of their neighborhood check-ins. They brought together some youth activists who've been organizing local protests, seizing the moment, and leading Chicago's demand for racial and social justice. The conversation was led by Chicago hip-hop artist Matt Muse. I don't know where to start my tongue tie, but I'm so tired of
0: dressing up my pain for them in their eyes and their ears. weather peers be here in low tide, but when it's time to drown, who's still around? My mother tells me God, but we ain't spoke since the car crash. Yeah, she insisted I call him before tomorrow pass. He probably replied same phone, who this? I probably laugh and then saying something like this. Uh, my parents named me Dexter, but you can call me Matt. I hope you still remember. Yeah, we go way back. Me at 16, swearing I'm gonna be a preacher. Me at 21, writing raps and ignoring teachers. And me at 26, 10 years from you, but searching for a verse to keep the congregation moved. Guess he ain't that far removed, but I'm still stuck and still confused.
1: Matt Muse broke on the, the hip-hop seen back in 2016, received praise for his EP Love and Nappiness, which was out last year. Muse is also a teaching artist at Young Chicago Authors, and he's delivered TED Talks on hip-hop, even directs his own music videos. Matt joined me just before he moderated that discussion and explains why he was drawn to the event.
0: I think right now, you know, since everything happened with George Floyd, I, I have solely been focused on ways that I can contribute to bettering the state of black and brown life here in chicago like i haven't even like folks have been asking me like yeah like how's music going i'm like i haven't even thought about a song or writing a song really since the pandemic hit but especially since the george floyd killing happened um and so when i when i was reached out to about doing this i was like yeah this is this is a no-brainer that's automatic because it's in line with everything that i'm focused on and just trying to elevate the voices of those youth who are on the ground doing the work
1: yeah it is great, because in 2020, there's a whole new crop of, of youth activists that are leading the protest movement, uh, and, and you're going to talk to some of them. Why is it important to showcase the voices? Because in Chicago, there are several people who have been a part of protest movements, and, and a lot of times people kind of suck up that airspace.
0: <laughs> so yeah.
1: so how, how important is it just for you to be able to, to tell the stories or at least give uh, space for these organizers?
0: Well, I think the organizers are an extension of the organization. I think, first and foremost, it's giving people who may not be aware the opportunity to tap in with organizations that are doing amazing work that they have, they may have never heard of. And I think also, there's a lot of work that goes into organizing. Um, and a lot of times that work goes, I don't want to say unappreciated, but unhighlighted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's important to when the opportunity, the right opportunity presents itself to highlight those people who are doing work to just say thank you, like, a a panel discussion could be a platform for them to reach so many more people. And I think that's a form of saying, thank you.
1: Yeah. Matt, for you, as as things are happening in the world right now, and and, and obviously mirrored right here in Chicago, being from Chicago, what, what do you think of the, of, of what's happening? Not just uh, when it comes to uh, the protest movement, but how the world seems to react reacting to it.
0: I'm fascinated. Um, I'm very, very sad that, of what's causing it, of course, but I'm fascinated because I, my whole, my whole life, you know, my parents, my parents never raised me to believe that like racism had ended at any point. Um, my parents have always, you know, I traveled a lot when I was younger, I traveled to the South a lot. I traveled to Michigan, Indiana, Ohio, a lot growing up. And so I always have been privy to like, yo, no, like racism is still the thing. And I've always felt that way. But then when I would look at the, you know, the media or I would look at the, the, world at large, it would seem like folks tried to sweep it under the rug or ignore it. And it only makes sense to me that such an extreme uprising is happening right now, because people are tired of it being swept under the rug and, mm-hmm. and tired of folks pretending like, white people specifically, pretending like racism is not still affecting Black and brown people in the country. So I'm fascinated with, with what's happening. Um, I'm on board with it. And I just cross my fingers that it leads to the actual change. You know, I was talking to my grandfather, who's 75, I talked to him last week and he said happening right now is substantially bigger than what was happening in the sixties. And to hear him say that it was just like, Oh wow. He was like, yeah, like he's like, take advantage of this moment, like be in it and live in it. And so that's what I'm doing.
1: Is that how do, how do you do that? How do you take advantage of it? How do you live in this moment?
0: You learn, you take all the opportunities to learn. Number one, I have a lot to learn. Um, I don't like to call myself an activist because I think I still have a lot of learning to do. I just dedicate my time to causes when I can, as I learn, um, so I think number one is you absorb as much knowledge as you can. And then I think when you see an opportunity to use your voice or to use your platform or to use your finances or to use your hands to make a difference and to make a change or to contribute to a cause, you automatically do that. You pop up and you show up and you show out. And that's what I've been doing yeah. or trying to do since, uh, you
1: know, all that has happened. For you, your music has, has evolved over time. The Love and Nappiness yeah. was, was really a collection of love songs. And yeah. in doing so you you kind of push the idea of how important love was and how, and even positivity in a way so when you when we're in this moment where there's uh there's this push for social and racial justice mm-hmm. how how should artists approach this because you've approached you know you've you've talked about a lot of different emotions in your music, but how how should mm-hmm. artists approach this moment
0: you know it's a that's a great question. It's another conversation I had with another chicago based artist about a month ago. And I was telling him, like, yo, I'm nervous to put out music because it doesn't even feel right. Like, this is not the time for me to be bringing attention to myself. Um, and, you know, what he said to me was, think of it as as an artist, you're a historian for the moment. Don't think about dropping music as you, you, you know, drawing people to your Apple Music and making money off of it. But think about dropping music as, if you drop a song, it could just be talking about everything that's happening. So 20 years from now, when somebody taps in, they can play that song and remember you know or be reminded of what was happening or learn about what was happening and i think that's a role that artists could play i personally just cannot focus on my personal music career right now it just does not sit well with me to do that with what's going on but if you want to i think as an artist if you want to do things that are in tune with what's happening music that that speaks to the moment or using your platform and your voice and your time to educate your following, to educate those, you know, tapping into you. I think it's pretty obvious that hip hop is a majority white consumed genre now here in, you know, America. And I think that a lot of artists have used this time. They've used their Instagrams and their Twitters to just inform people, Mm -hmm. you know, of what's going on. I think that's another role that artists could play.
1: And there's been a push. I mean, it's it's really fascinating to watch how J. Cole and, no name kind of went at each other what, no, a week mm-hmm. or two ago. But this mm-hmm. push to say that if you do have this following and you have this following, but this if you have this uh, this platform and, and this almost megaphone uh, through social media mm-hmm. that you should use it for good. Do you see that? Do you agree with that concept uh, that that if you have that that audience that you should be uh, talking to them about the issues that, that we're facing right now in this world?
0: I think first and foremost, if you're not informed, you shouldn't be talking. So <laughs> I would rather I would That's rather <laughs> artists who's not informed to not say anything than to say a bunch of stuff just because they're trying to satisfy that desire. But if you are informed, I do agree that your platform is 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 the best way to inform people. And I think that just in line with you know a lot of artists talk about the struggle of black and brown folks in their music you know so i think this is a perfect time for those same artists to now kind of put their money where their mouth is and you know if your music has talked about it for so long what can you now put out there to inform people and say you're you're standing in solidarity with those movements like you did in your music when it was benefiting you financially now just put up a post you know what i'm saying where it's benefiting folks knowledge wise where you have nothing to gain from it but your followers gaining knowledge, I think, yes, it would be great for artists who have the information to use their platform and their following to disseminate knowledge and, you know, help the community grow and learn together.
1: There's been a lot of uh, racism straight up in the music industry mm-hmm. and and not yeah. just uh, from the, the classic kind of record industry executives who who uh, has been well documented about how that's kind of played out, but but even in how music is, is consumed, how music is created, and you've always been an independent voice. You've done, as I mentioned, whether it be talking about how hip-hop informs you or mm-hmm. or even making your own music videos, you've been able to do your own thing and, and march to the beat of your own drum. How have you been you know, affected by it? I mean, beyond just being a, a black man in Chicago in, in 2020, being a mm-hmm. hip-hop artist, how, how, does it, how does racial injustice play out when you're an independent artist here in town?
0: At least from my perspective, like, I think that white folks really like us for some reason. <laughs> um, especially if you think about like the bigger names, like no name, Saba, Mick, like those independent folks who majority of their listenership is white people. Um, the one thing I will say that I talked about at the artist March a couple weeks ago is that, and I don't even want to say racism. It's more so like the, the, you know, redlining and all of that stuff from the sixties, mm-hmm. how that affects the way Chicago was set up, you know, selling out Shuba's was to this date, the biggest accomplishment I've done personally. Like it was a personal accomplishment. I set the goal in 2018 and I accomplished it in 2019. It was a beautiful moment. And I love Shuba's. I love Lincoln Hall. I love all of them. I would just say that the one struggle there was I was afraid to do my show at Shuba's because it's so far away from where I'm from. And if you know anything about Chicago, you know how segregated it Mm -hmm. is and how, It is difficult to move from one neighborhood to another if you are not from that neighborhood or familiar with it. So I'm from, you know, the south side and I'm asking all of these people, these black and brown folks from the south and west side to make this trek to Southport Avenue, which was a street I had never heard of prior to me booking the show. And I was afraid we were not going to be able to sell it out because of how far up north. It was. Luckily, we were. And I'm happy that my my listeners mobilized and moved over there. That was incredible. And I'm just so grateful to Shuba's for the hospitality in the space. But I think I would just love to also see other artists behind me who may not have, you know, the same story or get as lucky as I was to have people sell it out. Have a venue closer to their home base in Chicago, you know, that may be black owned
1: yeah.
0: on the south or west side where they can throw a show just as good as one of Shuba's in their neighborhood. I don't know if that counts as in the racism talk, but it definitely deals with things that have been a result of racism here in Chicago, which is redlining and separation yeah. the separation of neighborhoods.
1: I mean the most segregated city in, in America. I want to stay on that because I don't think a lot of people mm-hmm. in Chicago, especially people who may maybe white people in Chicago, recognize yeah. the idea that the city is not traversed in a way that they think it is in a yeah. way that you don't, you, like you just said, and you're, what, you're 27, 28 years old right now? I'm, I'm 27. 27. Yeah. But the idea of being 27 years old and not knowing where Southport is or not knowing, even yeah. hearing that street, and so many people yeah. who might be on the north side who may not even spend any time uh, on the south side, you know, won't even right. know. Don't know uh, what Cottage Grove Right, don't right. know what Jeffries, <laughs> yeah. anything like that. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a great moment, like, to, to hear that and say, listen, there's a lot we have to do in the city of Chicago to understand each other. Like it cannot just be watching television programs or listening to the radio or or scrolling your Instagram feed about how you're going to take on uh, social and racial injustices. It's about yeah. hearing each other and understanding that we don't necessarily, uh, whether you live on the north side or south side, live the same lives.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's just to add to to the example. I remember when I was like 13 years old, my mother. We went up north for something. And I either fell asleep in the car, I wasn't paying attention, but I woke up and or I I came to and I'm like, Ma, we've been in the car for so long. Why are we in the same? Why are we still in the same place? And she's like, we're not by our house. We're on the north side. And I'm like, these houses in these neighborhoods look just like our neighborhood. But Ma, I've never, never seen this. I've never been here. I've never been past downtown. You know, I went past downtown for the first time, like to go in the actual north side neighborhood when I was 13 years old. And I think that says a whole lot about obviously the city's large, but also like it, it doesn't make sense how segregated it is, you know. And I think that that that's really it's segregated both race wise and then class wise. And I think that race and class are in tandem here in the city where a majority of the wealth is in those white northern neighborhoods.
1: Mm-hmm. A two mm-hmm. flat in Rogers Park looks identical to a two flat in South Shore. And, literally. Yeah, literally, and and you could if you didn't know where you were, if you got dropped into the city, you wouldn't necessarily know you're in Albany Park or if you're in mm-hmm. Auburn Gresham. And mm-hmm. there's something great about that. There's a connector there, and it's also something startling that the fact that we still are this segregated. Yes, exactly. You bingo. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Muse is a Chicago hip hop artist. You can go mm-hmm. to the Chicago Humanities Festival website. You can go to their YouTube channel and uh, see Matt talking to youth activists about the protest movement in 2020. Matt. Always a pleasure to talk with you. Thanks so much for coming on Reset. Oh, yeah.
0: Thank you so much. I appreciate y'all so much.
1: And that's it for today's Reset. Come back tomorrow for our deep dive into the biggest state and city stories. It's the Friday News Roundup. Until then, I'm Justin Kaufman. Thanks for listening. Stay out of the heat. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.